This is Scott Vanderplu, and you're listening to the Artist Edition Index Podcast, Episode 55. I went down to the St. James Infirmary, found my baby there, stretched out on a long white table, so sweet, so cold, so fast. Thank you for joining me once more where we take a monthly look at all things AE, everything that's happened at the Artist Edition Index website at aeindex.org, and to the best of my ability, bring it to life. All right. Um, You know, we're still in the grips of COVID, shipping delays everywhere. Uh, No real announcements, no real news even, as far as Artist Editions go. But we we have movement, we're moving forward. It's uh, the end of another month, so let's get into it. Uh, let's talk about shipping changes, because that's always the sad news, isn't it? Um, we got uh, three changes this month. So EC Covers Artist Editions slipped to September 1st. That was a big slip, because it was supposed to, it was the beginning of July. So September 1st is quite a move. Uh, Stranko Nick Fury Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Artisan Edition has moved to September 29th. And John Buscema's Marvel Heroes Artist Edition has moved to November 3rd. So that's uh, that's sad, too. So we got a two-month slip on EC covers. We got a month on uh, Buscema Marvel Heroes. So I assume it's all related to shipping issues coming out of Asia and landing in North America. So I see a lot of books slipping. Um, so we just that's just to be expected. That's the norm, unfortunately, for now. Let's hope... These books don't slip anymore. So I definitely want to see these two artists' editions um, in 2021. It's been a really slim year as far as books released. So let's hope these make it. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> it's funny. The, I've only got four books listed in upcoming books. Uh, there are a few more books announced. Not really announced. That's the thing. They've shown up on, say, the Penguin Random House distribution. That's uh, John Buscema's Silver Surfer Artisan Edition for next year. And uh, two books. We've One book we talked about previously, another book. Um, 2000 AD Rebellion has been announcing their 40th anniversary, 45th anniversary plans. And uh, two of those plans are one, the previously uh, discussed Brian Boland. Um, Judge Dredd, or I don't know if it's Brian Bolin, Judge Dredd Apex Edition, or Brian Bolin Apex Edition. It's not really clear, and it's the it's 45th anniversary details. Sorry, you can go to the uh, 2080 website and look under the news, and you'll see it. I have not put it up on the website yet. Uh, the second item that they've that's for that's now listed as they're listing it as February 2022. So that's nice. Previously, they had made the announcement, shown the cover, and then asked people if they had artwork. Uh, the second uh, Apex Edition, which was just announced in this press release, is uh, Mick McMahon uh, Apex Edition. So that's doing his early work. That's the uh, artist who first drew Judge Dredd. Had a lot of early work in 2000 AD. And um, so the, expect that in October. So that's some interesting news. Uh, I had seen that on Bleeding Cool. And then our uh, good friend of the site, David Jacoy, had uh, sent me the link as well to the 2080 press release so thanks for that all right that's really the only news for this month uh we got some uh some reader mail 
which is always exciting. Uh, Wayne Allen Harold heard uh, the last podcast. Thanks for listening, Wayne. And uh, sent me the cover to the uh, P. Craig Russell Simulus Fantasies and Other Things Fine Art Edition. So that was exciting. I was glad to get that and put that on the site. So we have the uh, official cover. I like to uh, have the images so people can see. Um, what else? I don't know some other things. Oh, let's see. Uh, well, I think I'm going to Baltimore. Uh, first con I've been to in a while. I was there in 2019, maybe 2018. No, I think it was 2019. No, it was 2018. And uh, I see it's there. I see a lot of the same people are going to be there again. I had a good time. They have Frank Miller there again. But I'm, it's like $100 for a signature or $300 for a five-signature package. I'm not paying that for a signature. Forget it. It's ridiculous. Uh, applied for the press pass. They could not give me a press pass. Understood. I'm a small player. I get it. Uh, they probably have limited capacity this year because of how things are going. Maybe not. I don't know. But uh, I think I'm going to attend with my son. So uh, October, I should have some posts about that. I'll probably be bringing artist editions with me again. Um, see what hasn't been signed. I think Walter Simonson is listed as being there again. Um, I think I got three or four signed last time. I can get the rest signed. And, uh, yeah, otherwise, just look around. I don't collect a lot of things anymore. I look for... I still get treasuries, Marvel and DC treasuries. I like large books, I mean, clearly. But uh, <clears throat> we'll see what happens. I think it's it's more just a trip to get away. We're, uh, I'm in uh, southern Ontario, Canada, and we're still in lockdown. So we're hoping that'll come up. We're hoping the border opens because currently uh, border's closed. So lots of things to happen. All right, let's get to what happened on the site this month. All right, I put, I put up an artifacts for June 1st, and that's uh, that, uh, boy, I'm just mumbling today. All right, the John Buscema's Marvel Heroes Artist Edition um, had a retailer preview that I was privy to, and in that preview was the entire book, so it's nice looking. It's well worth getting, everybody. I think uh, anybody interested in John Buscema and Avengers should, uh, for, we should definitely pick this book up. So out of that, I posted the table of contents to the site. I didn't want to do anything else. That's, uh, I mean, I don't want to, they put the retailer out. I just wanted to give this information out to people <coughs> to see what's in the book. So lots of exciting things coming up in that. Three full issues, Avengers 51, Submariner 24, Thor 197, which is nice. Except that Thor 197 I have in that um, other, uh, the John Buscema gallery catalog, which is disappointing. That that had the Conan and the Thor in it. So now one of those is being redone. So we'll see how the presentation is. It's going to be larger in this uh, book anyways. So that's a bit disappointing. What are you going to do? Uh, other news. Uh, those two uh, exhibition catalogs from the Society of Illustrators I reviewed, couple months ago they're uh, $10 each right now from Society of Illustrators so one was I think one was 20 one was 30 or 40 so $10 each that's pretty great order up two yes I had some complaints about them but they're still nice catalogs for you know 20 bucks combined so well worth getting uh, we had another shipping update from uh, Janelle Rude regarding Nexus the coming of Grimondo Deluxe and that's you know shipping 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 that seems to be the plague of anything coming from uh anywhere it seems right now so 
And then we had a crowdfunding, which was Wayne Allen Herald has launched a Kickstarter campaign for the P. Craig Russell's Symbols, Fantasies, and Other Things book. Um, he's been doing this the last couple of years where there's one on Kickstarter, one on Indiegogo. I mean, it has been almost a year since the Indiegogo campaign. Um, and with COVID and everything else, uh, him and uh, Craig were delayed on getting this book done. So completely understand. Those of us who bought it last year are uh, waiting with bated breath. And now it uh, is uh, available on Kickstarter if you're so inclined Prices are up a little more, so it's always better to get in early, right? They're up about $25, so interesting. All right, lots of good stories in this book. If you're a Peak Creek Russell fan, um, I mean, if you're a fan, they're worth getting, right? I have them all, obviously, but I would still have bought them all even if I wasn't getting every artist edition. There are artist editions I would not have bought had I not been running the site. Absolutely. Ross Andrew, for one, and I'm... Actually, I don't, yeah, there's a bunch of others, but that's all right. Anyway, this book should be out for December 2021. Um, there's regular editions, there's signed editions. There were some sketch editions still available. Uh, there's some original artwork available. So these are always great if you're, uh, well, if you've got deeper pockets and you want to get some original art. Uh, this is a good way to get P. Craig Russell art for sure. So jump on that if you have not uh, funded the Indiegogo campaign. Get on this. And get yourself another awesome book. Uh, these are just wonderful. And I really like that uh, the books always cover um, large time periods from Russell. Like it's never just, oh yeah, his last, you know, his last three works or something. Or, or a period. This book starts in um, 78, goes to 85, 88. And then we see some things, you know, 2013, 2014, 2015. So good stuff all around. That's the uh, crowdfunding update for this month. All right, we had the uh, AE Index poll. Again, from uh, our good friend and supporter of the site, David Jacoy, Patreon patron. Always provides the questions and the people normally for the polls. Here's his question this month. These creators are some of the most acclaimed comic artists ever. Their careers in comics are over 90 years with this character from the 1920s to the 2000s. Throughout all those years, their hallmarks have been a mastery of sequential storytelling and exceptionally fine drawing. The exceptional artistic achievements of these amazing artists shine on Edgar Rice Burroughs' Tarzan. Who among them deserves the AE treatment? So, which artists deserve the AE treatment? We got John Salardo, Hal Foster, Bern Hogarth, Russ Manning, Gray Morrow. And I put a note in the thing that um, Kubert already has three Tarzan artist editions, so Joe Kubert is not part of this. And I had never heard of uh, John Salardo before I went to Heritage. That's where I normally get the images and pulled those up. Uh, wow, Salardo's art is really great. I, I'm sorry I have not seen a collection of uh, Tarzan strips from Salardo. Really good stuff. Um, I brought up the art at all, you know. Um, if I was ranking, I voted for Bern Hogarth. I love Hal Foster, I really do. But uh, Hogarth and his originals, I mean, they're just, uh, they're just so dynamic. And the, the muscles and the, just the structure and his inking, I just, I love it. Hogarth original all the way, just amazing. After that, I'd go Foster, and then I'd go uh, Salardo, and then Manning and Morrow. I'm not a big Gray Morrow fan on this stuff. It looks okay. And the, 
the Manning Manning's always been a very clean, you know, look. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Russ Manning. So there's that as well. Um, so there's your votes right now. I mean, if you're a fan of this stuff and you want to get collected editions, Titan did five volumes of Burn Hogarth recently. Those are great. I reviewed those on eBabble.net. Um, there's four volumes of Tarzan from Russ Manning from IDW's Library of American Comics. Uh, they're not too hard to get. Uh, there's three volumes of Hal Foster's Tarzan from Dark Horse. Those are hard to get. Uh, and they're also big and 125 each U.S. Uh, I've seen them at some discount stores, so it's always possible. And then, like I said, I haven't seen a John Salardo collection or a Gray Morrow collection. So, uh, checking the voting here. Foster's leading with 26 votes. Hogarth with 23. Manning with 13. Gray Morrow with 5. And John Salardo with 2. Right, is everybody looking at the art from Salardo that I posted? Because it is pretty great. I don't know how you're not voting for Salardo there. Anyway, I know we can only have one. So, that's your vote. Unless you go, you know, want to go vote somewhere else. So, if you vote at home, you could, you know, I track by IP address. So you could probably you know vote at work and get a different vote in, but you know don't uh, don't uh, try and do that. Uh, what is that stuff in the ballot box? Right? Don't do that. Thanks. All right, let's talk out of print sales. Now this is an interesting month. You know we've seen eBay sales going crazy. We've seen some really high prices, and this month I'm seeing some leveling out, some tempering of prices on some things, and some things still going a bit crazy. So. Let's talk sales. And I please uh, apologize for my sniffling. I don't know how, but the allergies hit me uh, this morning and uh, are driving me crazy. So a lot of zeros this month where we had books we've seen sales of steadily, uh, nothing this month. So have a, I don't want to single those out, but please have a look. All right, so Best of EC Comics, Volume 1, one sale, two ninety nine. Best of EC Artist Edition, Volume 2 is now on the list. And that was an average of one twenty two forty nine. One copy of Conan Red Nails Original Art Archives one eighty. Uh, that's on the list too. A lot of things have been added to the list recently because of sellouts and things. Uh, Diamond no longer having stock. And uh, there's um, ga- graffiti designs gallery editions on here now because um, their move to Lunar from Diamond and then Lunar has a limited selection. And unfortunately, I've emailed. Graffiti Designs, and I've previously uh, had some nice conversations with Bob Chapman, but I've emailed him twice over the past month and have not heard anything back. So I'm not quite sure what's going on there. All right, but deviation there. Dave Cockrum's X-Men Artifact Edition, three copies sold for an average of 130.19. One copy of Dave Stevens' Rock to Your Artist Edition first print sold for 200. One copy of the second print sold for 225. One copy of Elquest Gallery Edition sold for one forty nine ninety five. One copy of Fantagraphic Studio Edition Black Hole sold for one nineteen ninety nine. One copy of uh, the Hal Foster's Prince Valiant Studio Edition sold for one forty eight fifty. One copy of Frank Miller's Daredevil Artifact Edition sold for one ninety nine ninety eight. One copy of Frank Miller's Sin City: The Hard Goodbye Curators Collection sold for one twenty nine forty three. So we're seeing undercover prices again. Um, we're seeing uh, volumes much lower. Uh, Gil Kane's Amazing Spider-Man Arts Edition, four copies sold for an average of one twenty six thirty five. 
One copy of Jack Kirby's The Mighty Thor Artist Edition sold for $85. One copy of Jim Lee DC Legends Artifact Edition sold for $125. One copy of Jim Starlin's Marvel Cosmic Artifact Edition sold for $130. One copy of Joe Kubert's Tarzan of the Apes sold for $99. One copy of John DeSemis' Silver Surfer sold for $149.95. One copy of John Byrne's Fantastic Four sold for $100. One copy of John Byrne's X-Men Artifact Edition sold for $461.87. I, I mean... This is the regular edition. I don't get it. Is the demand that insane for this book? This is what I mean. We're seeing a lot of, you know, we're seeing numbers down. We're seeing a lot of these settling back down to below cover prices. And then you see something like this. Not making a lot of sense right now. One copy of John Romina's The Amazing Spider-Man Artist Edition sold for one thirty fifty. One copy of The Amazing Spider-Man Artist Edition Volume 2 sold for one fifty nine. One copy of Lone Wolf and Cub Gallery Edition sold for two seventy five. There's a book that's really staying up high. One copy of Marvel Covers Artist Edition First Print sold for one seventeen fifty. One copy of Michael Golden's Micronauts Artist Edition sold for three hundred. One copy of Mike McNolan's Amazing Screw on Head and Other Curious Objects Artist Edition sold for ninety nine ninety nine. Two copies of Sam Keith's The Max Artist Edition sold for one seventy nine forty seven. One copy of Sergio Argona's Grew the Wanderer sold for one sixty five. Two copies of Spawn Vault Edition sold for an average of two fifty seven eighty three, and two copies of. Vault Edition 2 sold for an average of $296.25. One copy of Star Wars Artifact Edition sold for $85. Three copies of Star Wars Dark Times Gallery Edition sold for an average of $42. One, go, three copies of Stranko Nick Fury Agent of Shield Artist Edition, first print, sold for an average of $203. We haven't seen movement like on that book in quite a while. And it's interesting to see that that movement is coming m- within months of the Artisan Edition about to be released. One copy of the Book of Ballads, original art edition, sold for $60.83. One copy of the Prisoner, original art edition, sold for $138.50. One copy of Usagi Jimbo Samurai and other stories, gallery edition, sold for $200. I don't get that. That book is consistently sold for $100 or less. And now, boom, one copy, $200. And, uh, you know, I checked the auction because it was hard to believe. It was selling from a comic shop, no box, uh, opened. So, that's interesting. All right, one copy of Wally Woods EC Stories Artist Edition first print sold for eight twenty four ninety nine. Ridiculous! I don't know what's going on there. It's a third artist edition, but I guess that's what happens. One, uh, two copies of the second print sold for an average of three ninety six forty nine. Ouch! One copy of Walter Simonson's The Mighty Thor Artist Edition sold for eighty one. I don't. That's I mean below cover. I don't know what happened there. One copy of Will Eisner's A Contract with God Curious Collection sold for one thirty nine ninety nine. Well below cover. And one copy of Will Eisner's The Spirit Artist Edition sold for one ninety nine. Now, as I uh, have added the uh, high price index there to uh, my list and what has been uh, new. So what was crazy this month? Uh, Bill Sienkiewicz's Mutants and Moon Knights and Assassins, the signed edition of the artifact, sold for four ninety nine. Um David Mazzicelli's Driver Born Again, signed edition. That sold for $1,664.99. One copy of John... I mean, that doesn't beat the Ramita Remarked for 1800 And we talked about the wood first print for $824.99. Uh, there was a signed Jim Lee for $799. we have talked about that previously. And uh, that John Burns X-Men Artifact Edition for $461. I don't... I'm not getting these. Who's paying these? That's... That's a lot of... A lot of money. When I see things like that, I think to myself, should I be selling mine? I think, ah, I don't know. this is always what I do. I hold on to the book until it's not worth anything again. Oh, well. All right. While we're talking, 
I should like to mention, I would like to mention, and I should mention it, there are three ways to support the Artist Edition Index. Uh, the first is to be a Patreon patron. You can sign up for a dollar or whatever you're feeling. Uh, dollars a minimum. And it can be in your currency, which is nice too. And uh, that just helps keep the lights on. It goes towards me with a book buying budget. I'll be honest with you, if I did not have the means of support for the site, I would not be buying the, the extra books. Um, the catalogs, the uh, French editions that I'm buying now to keep uh, the site going and to keep the reviews going and to keep the site interesting. Uh, those would just all be out of my reach. But I'm thankful for the support. And like I said, uh, Patreon's great that way. Second way is to use the affiliate links on the site. There are links for things from another world. Uh, there are links for eBay. There are links for Amazon. All those, I get a percentage and uh, oh, A-Books as well, uh, Forbidden Planet. I'm going to add Biblio as well along with A-Books. So all options, uh, when you click on that, I get anywhere between, I think, 1% and 10%, depending on who you go with. So that's greatly appreciated as well. And the third way to support uh, the site, and one that I could not remember last month for the life of me, is the store. Um, I put up the store a few months ago. I've had some sales. It's been pretty good. I've added some new some new things. I've tried to give his description as much as possible. I'm not sure if would photos help people. I've lowered the prices. Uh, I started off pretty well, and then I've been stagnant. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight books listed on the site right now. Uh, it goes between um, Jeff Smith's Bone, the Great Cow Race Artist Edition, and for seventy five bucks, uh, still shrink wrapped, no box. I go up to a shrink wrapped in the box David Mazzuchelli's Daredevil Born Again Artist Edition for two seventy five. So that's my variance. I have a I have a Mighty Thor first print. Uh, I've got a Usagi Jimbo Samurai and other stories. I've got a signed uh, Fantagraphic Studio Edition Jaime Hernandez. So pretty great stuff. Uh, shipping's not too bad. I can ship over the border uh, to the U S for about eleven U S, which is pretty great because I can use media mail. Um, there's a pickup in southern Ontario here. There's several pickups, but there's one I use that's good. And then I've been shipping in Canada for not too bad. I think about 30 or a little bit under. And then, you know, worldwide options, unfortunately. If you live overseas and you order from North America, you know what it's like. Because I'm experiencing the opposite of that, living in Canada and trying to order from France and Belgium. So, you know where I'm coming from there. But if you want it, you got to pay the shipping, right? And that's how it goes. All right, enough about me and the site. Let's talk reviews. I've got two reviews this month, um, both French books. I had ordered them both actually from uh, Collector BD, which is my new favorite place to order from Europe. Uh, they don't have an affiliate, so that's sad. So I'd certainly like to be getting a percentage of sales, but uh, a really great site. All right, so let's talk Le Prisoner, Le Prisonnier du Buddha L'Integral. So. That is a Spiro and Fantasio story by Franklin. And it is, oh, Franklin, Greg, and uh, Jean Roba. And it's from Marsu Productions, which is the company that Franklin started. And uh, his stuff appears. I'm not sure how the licensing or what, what goes on. I know he's got his own company. And that was, the, had I believe he's passed away, uh, had his own company. 
And uh, previously we've reviewed a Franklin book. That was from Dupuy. And uh, I've got another one, actually. And there's a third one from Dupuy that I may be ordering. I love looking at Franklin original art. I'm still not able to read it, but it's pretty great. All right, let's get into the blurb here. This album from the VO collection, Virgin Original, is made up of reproductions of original boards by Andre Franklin, keeping their original aspect. The lines are printed not in black and white, but in color. Many new details then appear as if you were at the master's drawing board. The yellowed paper, the remains of pencils under the oily ink, the retouching with white gauche, the notes in the margins, the printed blue lines, which serves as staves for the lettering. Everything has been preserved for an unprecedented exploration of the work of Franklin. The VO collection approaches the universe of Spiro and Frank Spiro and Fantasio story by story by presenting all the plates published in the beautiful journal of Spiro, including strips or pages which sometimes are not included in the general public album. It also offers all the graphic, illustration, advertisements, and editorial elements published in the magazine in parallel with each adventure of the Groom en Rouge. So that's Spiro in his red uh, bellhop uniform. All right, Marsu Productions, September 2013. Uh, 31 by 43 centimeters. I did not look that up in inches. I'm, I was doing that earlier, and I thought, uh, you know, it's in centimeters. I'm Canadian. I should be doing things in centimeters as well. I understand whatever book, hey, if it's published in uh, the U.S., then we got inches. But I'm, this book's published in Europe. It's in centimeters. It's 119 euros, and it's available from a lot of places, actually, still in print. Uh, I put links for Amazon France and Collector BD. It's a well-designed, very attractive book. It's got a cloth spine, um, really nice paper. And uh, it's interesting to see, I guess, uh, how Spiro was done. Um, each issue had, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know, each issue, I think it's each issue, had, um, yep, had three plates, basically. So you had a, you had a three-quarter page, and then you had two half pages. And I guess, uh, I, I've never seen an issue of Spiro outside of uh, what's included in the back of these. So they look pretty great. So apparently, yeah, so Spiro would appear in the magazine. And then uh, Spiro was collected in a... They would collect the individual issues in hardcovers. And then they put out an album collecting the entire story. And when they did an album with the entire story, they would cut it up, redo the art, and then it would uh, it would flow smoothly, right? There would be no breaks in the pages. So this is how the art was originally drawn for the individual issues of Spiro magazine. Um, yeah, the art presents amazingly well. This... Uh, uh, just his uh, Franklin's ability is just stunning, and to look at the characters, I mean, it's a, this, it's an appreciation, right? It's funny. The uh, I started off, you know, as a young comic reader, I did not like the cartoony or the long Claire, you know, the clean line look. As I got older, I appreciated it more and more, and it seemed to appreciate more the European artists more and more. Uh, if I'm thinking of a North American example, it'd have to be Darwin Cook. Somebody's art I didn't really get right away. And uh, as it goes, I like it more and more. I mean, uh, Yves Chalon is uh, another one. And, of course, uh, Franklin. So uh, it's a re- really interesting presentation. These books are always numbered, which is um, something I like about the European editions. You know, it's something special. This is a special book. It's a lot of money. So why not celebrate it? Why not make it limited? If it Yes, you've got a t- if you've got a 2,000 print run... You know, make it special. This is a this has got a print run of two thousand forty volumes. I'm assuming 
Uh, they say 100 are not were not for sale, numbered 1 to 100 to 100 to 100. So those are probably publisher specials or APs, right? Artist proofs, publisher proofs. But so this volume is numbered 1862. It's numbered in pencil inside. So I've got something special. Right, I've got a limited number. 2,000, that's a big number, right? Absolutely. Yet, yet most artist editions are less than 2,000. And But we don't make, you know, in North America, they're not making any attempt to make these books special or limited, right? They don't even, North American publishers don't even want to give the print run information away like it's a big secret, right? Oh, you know, we print a million copies. Is that is that how you want to make it sound special? I don't think so. You want to make it special, make it a limited edition, right? Limited of what? Doesn't matter. Just limited it. Let people know that this is something special, something wonderful. All right, uh, jumping off my soapbox now. Uh, we get an introduction in the book, which is great. It shows a page of Spiro, so you get an idea of what the how the art was. It's nice. Um, I'm using Google Translate to try and read the paragraphs, and uh, it's uh, it, you know it's hit and miss. I really got to get on that uh, the French more. So the pages are quite yellowed, which to be expected. I mean, they're 70 years old or more, but. Like I said, the art presents really well. There are some pages. I think there's five. Let me check my note here. Um, yes, five pieces are not original art, so they did a pretty good job with those as well. And then you get through the story. There's some paste-ins. There's, like I said, the correction fluid. Uh, there's lines for the uh, the uh, word balloons. Uh, nice inks. They show some gradients. And then they do some interesting things, right? They list... Uh, they list Bibliography, so they tell you every issue that these appeared in, and then they start giving you pages from the actual magazines, which are great. You get to see again how they looked, right? And then there are some advertisements from the Serial Magazine talking about the material. Uh, there's some pages from a calendar in the magazine, uh, and then at the back after that, we get uh, the original covers, which are pretty great, right? So we get some uh, we get some Spiro covers. We get uh, some of the uh, album covers, which is, like I said, the collected, where they'd collect a series of uh, issues. And then we'd get uh, the, uh, it's it's just wonderful. Uh, I uh, did a video walkthrough of it. It looks uh, very nice. And uh, definitely worth uh, having a look at. Please go to the site, check it out. If you're a fan of Franklin, I would definitely recommend this volume. If you're a fan of art in general, have a look for it, please. It's quite stunning. All right. Second book this month that I reviewed. This was something I had seen on a website and didn't pick it up because I kept trying to get it from a Canadian website and they never had it in stock. And then they, you know, it was 35 bucks and they did free shipping over 40 So I was like, ugh. Shipping Canada is quite expensive. So I thought, wow, do I want to buy this? So then they didn't have it in stock again and then I was looking on uh, Collector BD and I was already ordering two books I thought oh, this is, I'll get this book this is uh, Les Trois Formules du Professeur Sato Decoupage Original so the three formulas of Professor Sato let me give you the blurb the three formulas of Professor Sato is the story of Blake and Mortimer in two volumes this is the last adventure of these characters realized by Edgar P. Jacobs Jacobs began the story which will make up volumes 11 and 12 of the series in 1972 he wrote the full script, but due to health problems, he stopped drawing. He died in 1987, leaving his work unfinished. Three years later, the publisher asked another cartoonist, Bob DeMoor, to finish this Blake and Mortimer adventure from the script and sketches left by Edgar P. Jacobs. Readers have had to wait 18 years before knowing the end of the story. In Professor Sato's Three Formulas, 
Philip Mortimer, who is in Japan, finds himself embroiled in a story of technology theft. He must help his friend, Professor Sato, a scientist specializing in cybernetics and robotics. It won't be long before you realize that Ulrich is behind the story. Mortimer therefore decides to call Francis Blake to come and lend him a hand. Discover in this book the complete breakdown of the story made by Edgar P. Jacobs before he died. The pages are exactly as the author left them, with his annotations, corrections, collages, etc. The drawings are more or less developed. Some boxes are inked, while others are barely sketched, with only the most important details, position of the character, the composition of the box, etc. Magnificent book which gives us a good overview of Jacobs' talent and his way of working. This was released in 2015. It's 23.7 by 31 centimeters, 112 pages. It's 19.99 euros. So, in Canada, you know, about 30 Canadian. I don't know what that is in the U.S. Um, This is an interesting book. So, apparently, Blake and Mortimer have a series of books that deal with not just the stories, but there's a whole series of books that deal with the extras. So, this is one of those extras books. Uh, Again, I've seen no interiors of any of the others, really. Uh, there's a book that appears to be a sketchbook of Edgar P. Jacobs, who created Blake and Mortimer. I'm not as big a fan of the later artists. I like the original. Uh, I've read some of them. Uh, Jacobs is really wordy. Um, like, there's a lot of dialogue and, and text in these books. But uh, the presentation of this book, again, wonderful. So it's a hardcover. And uh, the paper is thick, but it, it uh, I don't know how to describe it. It weighs very little. It really reminds me of those uh, Jack Kirby Omnibus books. Uh, when they first released them, they were doing that faux newsprint, and uh, the the book weighed almost nothing. It felt like these are this is the same, except the paper is quite nice. It's white, uh, presents the artwork really well, um, and uh, it's interesting to see Jacob's artwork like this. Because when they say finished, I mean I don't you know inks are I don't see any inks in this book really. Uh, it looks to me like black pencil, he, like he colored uh, the book with uh, pencil crayons. Um, a lot of color. Yeah, I mean, like he colored uh, Mortimer's hair. Mortimer's got a red hair and a beard. He colors it in every panel of the first story. So, I'm uh, sorry, I should back up there. The book contains two albums. I think that was mentioned in the blurb. Uh, albums 11 and 12. So, 11 he did, he completed, it looks like. And um, from this, you get to see mostly completed pages, but it's an interesting how they're completed because they're not fully rendered. Uh, all the pencils are there. But you will see that there are, uh, it's not finished, I don't know, you know what, this is what I mean, it's really hard to tell about finishes, I don't know how or who colored or how it went, but this is uh, in part of the process for sure, so they look great, and then the uh, uh, album 12, which is the one that he did not, he did the full script, uh, he did, he's got the script laid out on the pages and he's got uh, pencil breakdowns, very rough. But he's got the full thing here, and I guess that's how the next artist was able to come in and finish it. So, very nice production, but it's so interesting to see this process. This is something I haven't seen before, um, and uh, I'm glad I was able to spot this on a website and then be able to pick it up. Really worth getting if you're a fan of Blake and Mortimer, or if you like original art, if you like the style, again, that Linga Claire art. Um, I'm not sure he's, maybe a little more detailed, than, but uh, very clean lines great artist and uh, great material so thanks for listening to me this month um, you can catch me at scott at index.org i love to answer questions so please ask me anything about artist editions and i will try to answer them i am also active i'm asking a question this month um, i am looking for, i put it on the forum but i have not really gotten 
uh, detailed answers. I'm looking to know when the Bendis and A began producing AE format style books. Um, I'm looking for, you know, so obviously the first one in, uh, we see, I've seen, we saw one in North America in 2009. The artist edition line started in 2010. When did these start in Europe where it was a collection of original art? Like not the, uh, not the Tintin uh, Afra or Alpha where it's, you know, they've gathered up uh, Hergé's uh, roughs for the last, you know, material. Sort of like this, actually, this Blake Mortimer book. But something where they prevent, present, you know, original art boards scanned in a, in a collected edition. So where, what is the earliest ones you're aware of? If you could please email me, scott at aindex.org. I would love to know that. I'm trying to get more of a history I would like to get some more details about Europe. Unfortunately, I'm so far behind and I don't speak the language. I'm never going to get a full grasp of what's happening or what has been released in Europe. I can only hope to pick up the occasional volume and just enjoy the uh, French artists as best I can. Uh, again, everything's on the website, aeindex.org. And if you really want to know what's happening on the site, go to the site at the bottom of every page. You can sign up for the newsletter. It goes out every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern time. And you get updates from the website. So if you want to if you want to know what's happening but don't want to be invested too much, sign up for the newsletter. Well worth getting. All right, thanks, and uh, we'll talk again next month. Let her go, let her go, God bless her. Wherever she may be, she can search this wide world over. She'll never find a sweet man like me. <laughs> 